come over here and fuck with me. Sorry. I got plenty of uh, airsoft guns you can play with. <laughs> That's, uh, what, That's what that is right there. Airsoft. Yeah. It's a Nerf this gun. one, that one, the one over there, airsoft. Um, we are definitely trained retards. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> What's going on, people? How we doing? Episode two. Yeah. Um, we'll work on the whole intro thing. As you can tell, this is a shit show operation we got going on. <laughs> but uh, it's real, man. It's raw. That's what we are. Yeah, we changed up a few things from the feedback we got last week, and uh, we're just going to kind of keep changing things as we keep getting feedback, and we'll see how it goes from there. Outside of that, if you have any other feedback, comments, questions, topics you want to talk about, do the little comment, like, subscribe thing, and man, that sounds so weird. Like, yeah. You watch yeah. YouTube and you're like, man, I hate when these guys say that. And then all of a sudden you're the one saying it. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's different for sure. But, hey, uh, you know, yeah, what he was saying, we, we're, we're going to read all the <clears throat> all the comments, feedback, <clears throat> shit talking, etc. And we're going to try to build a better experience for you guys and a better experience for us as well. And um, we just want to give you guys the best product we can with our shit show that we have going on here. Yep. We are here to talk about topics you guys want to talk about. We're here to hear your stories if you want to come on and tell your story. Or if you just want to come on and have a white claw or whatever and BS with us for an hour or two. We are here. Absolutely. Um, so let's get this uh, dog and pony show started with uh, <laughs> current events. What do you got in current event aspects? Oh, man. That... um. That private from Fort Carson that went across the border to North Korea. Oh, was he from Carson? Yeah, man. That's what they were saying. But I didn't know of anyone, at least that I'd heard about, that was doing uh, any kind of rotation over to Korea at all. So I don't know what was going on with that whole situation, why he was even in South Korea to begin with. And then having the ability to go on a border tour after he had just did two months in a jail in South Korea. It doesn't make sense. So from what I read, now I took it with a grain of salt. Um, he did his time for the destruction of police property, assault against a police officer and civilian, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he was flying back to wherever for further UCMJ. Right, yeah, so that's, that's where I got confused on if he was really from Fort Carson or not, because it was saying that he was going to fly to like uh, Fort Bliss in the in the article that I read. Like he was supposed to fly from Korea to Fort Bliss to face his further UCMJ action. Like they were probably going to end up kicking him out of the military. But in the article, it, it said that he was from Fourth Infantry Division. So it, yeah. that's where it, it like got confusing with me. Like I wasn't really sure what was going yeah. on because all four brigades are at Carson. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Because uh, I made the move from Fort Hood to Carson with 4ID, and we were the only brigade that wasn't at Carson. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got a little confused on, was he is he actually from 4th ID? Is he from Fort Bliss? I don't know. Maybe some of you guys know better than we do. Um, but I was just, I, I was blown away by that whole situation when I found out about it. I was just like, man, again, you know? I just find it funny that they didn't have him under guard past the gate. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were just like, all right, dude, deuces. That, that's like, so from another, a different article that I read was 
They actually took him to the airport, got him to the terminal, and he just walked the fuck out. Yeah. Like, like, so that was the same thing I read. They, they, they took him all the way as far as the, the terminal gate where they were no longer allowed to go past. Yeah. And But you would think if it's, if it's a uh, custodial thing, like this dude is a flight risk, he's, he's UCMJ, that they would either put him on like a uh, um, space A flight yeah, or, you know, something else, not a civilian plane where this dude just bounced. It, it's, it, it's crazy to me that he had, first of all, he had the opportunity to even be able to do what he did. But second of all, like, homie, it's, it's not like, yeah, you might get kicked out of the military. Yeah, you might face like, or not even that, like you might just get an Article 15 Whatever the situation is, and he's only it's, three, so it's not like forty-five is no, really going to mess with him too much. It's not—it's <laughs> not that bad to try to defect to North Korea, and I guess while he was in South Korea, he was telling people like he doesn't want to go back to the states, you know, he doesn't want to go back to the U.S., etc., etc., whatever. But now I promise you, with whatever they're putting him through right now, home sounds pretty fucking good right now. Jail but, sounds pretty good right now. Buddy, the, the hard labor camps, like, what happened to Otto Warmbier, uh, whatever that guy's name was, that, that uh, he was a, um, a student that went on a North Korean tour. Like, oh, yeah. One of those paid tours, right? Yeah. Like, they actually let him stay in a hotel in North Korea. Uh, he did the sightseeing and did the whole, the whole thing, right? And he, he ended a special up... special visa. Yeah, yeah. And he ended up coming back as a vegetable. Yeah. Like they, they tried him for uh, um, theft and some, something else. Like he was trying to, uh, uh, what they said was he was trying to steal a, um, a, a, what is it, a propaganda poster from his hotel room. Uh, it was like in the hallway there and he was trying to take it off the wall and it was like screwed into the wall or whatever and they saw him on film trying to take it. So they tried him for, uh, for, for trying to take it. And um, bro, that soju gets you, dude, man. It, 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 yeah. He, he ended up. I think he did almost two years before they they released him, and, and he literally came back in a wheelchair. <laughs> North Korea diet plan, bro. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's brutal. I'm uh, I'm gonna market that. North Korean. Yep. Diet plan. It's, it's gonna be the new diet fad. What, what's it? What, what's it gonna consist of? Cabbage. A a piece of bread and a cup of water every day, but yeah. you got to break rocks out in the sun for like 14 hours. That'll do it. That'll definitely get you um, get you put in shape, you know? And then if you have a friend that's willing, we'll waterboard you on the side. And all that. Yeah, that's, that's the extracurricular yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to pay extra for that. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, man, that, that kid is, he's probably going through some shit, you know, 23-year-old private um, thought. I don't know if he thought it was like a joke or he was, you know, thinking it was going to be something different, but I'm sure he's regretting it now, um, or at least I would be. So yeah, I mean, he's he's probably you know he's probably going through some shit right now, and uh, I I almost feel bad for the kid, but then at the same time, like, dude, you're the one that ran across the border, you know, like you made that decision on your own, and that's your decision that you have to deal with the consequences now, so. It is what it is. I mean, um, I, I want to see how it plays out, though, because the last time we had to negotiate to get one of our citizens back was from Russia when we um, when we negotiated for Brittany Griner, and we literally had to give back. We and, lost we, that. Dude, we lost that. One. We we took the fattest L on that, dude. We gave we gave Russia back 
one of the worst convicted arms international arms dealers in the world. This guy was selling guns to everyone, the Taliban, ISIS, uh, all of the different um, like rebel forces around the world this guy was involved with. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't hit me up, fucking guy. Facebook, bro. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, dude, we, we, we gave up a, a, like, a, a full-blown criminal like all the way around, and we got back a basketball player, which, yeah, hey, we need to get every U.S. citizen back. I agree with that. Like, we, we need to get our people back, but at what cost? Oh, like, man. I don't think that that was a fair trade at all. And I feel like North Korea is going to leverage this against us in the same fashion. Like, they're going to try to. They're gonna they're gonna strong arm us on this 100. percent I mean, I, personally, I think we could have done without getting Bergdahl back. But oh, that's, Bergdahl, man, that dude. Yeah, you you're a different a different type of uh, special on that one. There there were so many different people that had to go out just to look for that guy. Um, yeah, just Neat. for him to be a deserter, like. Buddy. Hi. Thank you. Sweet. We got toys now. And my daughter brought me in a book. Thank you. Uh. So moving on to what? Uh. What do you got for current events? Um. According to the Communist News Network. Cause. Oh, CNN. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't keep up with the world. Because I hate people. <laughs> um, the Ukraine apparently hit an ammo dump, sparking massive evacuations in Russia. Another oh they 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 uh they're actually launching their counteroffensive now. Yeah. Like official. Yeah. Okay. Four people. Wait no. Yeah. Wait what? That doesn't sound. That's a hot water pipe. I don't care about hot water. Russia doesn't have hot water. Uh yeah in Crimea. Doesn't say what they used though. And apparently grain grain prices are going through the roof. That's expected though. I mean the whole it's it's everywhere with everything. I mean the entire supply chain. I'm still seeing it. I I just find it funny that so the first article is about the ammo dump being hit. The next article down, hot water pipe burst in Moscow killing four people. Oh, okay. So, apparently that that was that a was that an internal? It was just a water main like that broke. Just that blew up. Yeah, like their infrastructure at a shopping center. Much? At a shopping center. Oh, yeah. perfect. With boiling water. Yeah. Awesome. It was just a water main, a hot water main that blew up. Cool. Way to go, Russia. Yeah, they're 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 on a on a real hot streak right now. Um, oh, apparently there's massive flooding going on in Afghanistan. I saw that there was like uh, there was that going on in Nova Scotia as well. Like yeah, there's Canada. like a biblical freaking flood going on or rainfall going on there. Yeah, like they showed a, a picture of it. It was a a semi truck that was covered like all the way up to like the last couple inches of the cab. Holy crap! Like it was it was bad. Um, so why we don't live in uh, Canada, huh? No, man. I can do with that. Dude, we get bad enough flooding out here as it is. Like I, I'm <laughs> well, that's just because our ground's so damn hard. It, the water has nowhere to go. Yeah, and we're in a we're in a literal bowl here. Like if you guys don't know, we're in Vegas and like Vegas, right? Uh, Stanley Cup champs, by the way. Woo! That's right. Um, yeah, we're we're in a literal bowl. We're surrounded by mountains, 360 degrees around us. 
So the water comes in off the mountains and it just floods everything. Like the worst, the worst we get out here is the link. Have you ever seen videos of like the yeah. link hotel when it floods? Yeah. So this hotel was built uh, with like this, this, it has like the steepest driveways to their, um, their parking garages. And uh, they have a flash flood channel that runs right outside of their property. And this thing just, it, it literally looks like white rapids, like how fast the water gets going. And like uh, people will get swept out all the time, like uh, not, not into the, the basin or anything, but like people's legs will get taken out from under them, like the, the water is so strong. And um, I mean, you see it all across the valley. Like there's, every time there's a flood, you'll see news channels like showing videos of like intersections oh, yeah. where people try to blow through with their cars. They hydroplane and, and smoke a light pole or they hit a transformer or they just get stuck. It's it's stupid, like how, how bad the flooding is out here. So yeah, I'm good. Uh, Drive through the flood and smoke pole. That's, that's it, smoke poles. That's, that's uh, we're, we're professionals at that, right? You are. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk about that. Putin cut a deal with Wagner Group. <coughs> oh, did he? Yeah. Is he banishing him uh, to uh, Belarus still? Uh, let's see. I knew they were meeting the the Belarus president or prime minister, whatever the fuck he is, was meeting with the the Russian counterpart. Okay. But let's see. They met in Czech Republic. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing MI, plays out because MI six was the the governing. Factor of the meeting. Oh. So if that doesn't tell you something. Here you go, Dad. All right. The kids got my text message. Thank you. They came yeah. with... Uh, hey, you're in front of the camera. Sorry. They, right. came, they came with the refreshments. And that's why I keep my phone on ring. Yeah. Thank you. She was uh, she was making noise in here. I was trying to. I texted Tiff to come get her. Oh. Okay. All, all the article says is that he cut a deal to save his own skin because they backed him into a corner, basically. But it doesn't go into much detail. So MI6 was the, the mitigating. Yeah, they were party. the neutral party. Weird. And then the president of Belarus said that Putin has to know that something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Uh, to quote Hamlet, and then he had to cut the deal to save his own skin. That's all it says. So they didn't come. It doesn't say like what kind of terms they came to or anything nah. like that. But it, it, what do you what do you think it's gonna how it's gonna end up? Um, because I mean he is the only person in history to ever challenge Putin like this, and the way that communism works is they have to have the loyalty and the fear of their subjects to be able to maintain control of that country. Well, I think the Wagner group going into uh, Moscow or whatever they went for that 24-hour period pretty much proved to the people of Russia that they can do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, that's that's what I think, too. I think Putin is now... Putin's just to a save, dude. I think yeah. he's trying to save face, and he realizes like he has to 
do better in the eyes of his people. And and I think he's going to, like, the, uh, they were saying something about how, like, two or three of the, the top generals in the Russian military, like, have been missing yeah. since that, uh, that mm-hmm. incursion happened or the, the attempted incursion. So I think... I think he's going to make them examples. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I think it's going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to continue down the course that he's on now and hope that things just kind of work out and get swept under the rug, or it's going to come to a point where he has to start doing public executions of his own people yeah, to regain that control. That's where I think he's going to go. Not not necessarily public, but I think he's definitely going to make examples out of those generals yeah. and, and show the people that hey, you know, if you try to challenge me, this is what's going to happen. And I think yeah. it's it's almost what has to happen for him to regain that, that control oh, of yeah. the country, um, which sucks for the people, but, you know, hey, he... Uh, Don't live in Russia. <laughs> he, uh, he almost lost it, man. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm, I'm wondering about? I haven't, I haven't checked up on him lately. I haven't looked at, like, his, uh, his social media or anything or, like, any of his interviews lately, but I wonder how... Edward Snowden's doing with all of this because he's in Russia. He was. I don't know if he still is. I think he is. I thought he was moving. Let's check on that. Let's see where, where Edward Snowden's at lately because I know he's been he's been very outspoken about the fact that he does not aid the Russian government at all, which if I'm being honest, I don't think he would do. Um, I think he was... I think he was just a whistleblower at the end of the day. You know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he was exposing the corruption in the U.S. government, but do I think he's going to help the Russian military or Russian government? No, I don't think he would. No, he's a full-blown citizen of Russia as of last year. So he, he got his citizenship? Yeah, he was there for 10 he was, he was there for ten years and then was finally awarded his citizenship as of 2022 and has a role in the national security. Hmm. If I read that right, I don't know how to read very well. Yeah, I, I uh, sign and I draw pictures. I don't read. That's why I have kids. They tell me things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the whole thing with Russia is is a shit show. Like, they're they're losing a losing fight. They're, they're oh not, yeah. There there's no way that that Putin can successfully take Ukraine at this point. Unless he resorts to nuclear, uh, nuclear battle, and I don't think he's going to do that because well, he knows the consequences of that. Like after after we well, they we pulled, showed, they pulled out of the the treaty of storing nuclear arms recently. Yeah, they uh, they did about uh, the numbering the the or limiting the, the, yeah. the number of nuclear missiles and things that that uh, each country can have. I think it was signed back in the 70s. It was right after the Cold War. So it had been the 80s, 90s? Yeah, I forgot the name of what it, uh, what the, the treaty was called, but it was a treaty that we signed with Russia. And part of the, the deal actually was we had to disarm or we had to destroy like 200 and, 230 or 260 B2, uh, B-52s. Yeah. Uh, like we had to cut them into pieces. And lay them out in the boneyard, and allow Russian satellites to like come over and take images of them to show that like we we kept up on our end of it. I don't know what the what Russia's end of, uh, of the deal was, like what we you know what we had them do, but I'm I'm hoping that we uh, whatever it was we we followed up and made sure that they they kept their their end of the deal. Um, 
Disarm- nuclear disarmament is, is important, but... So in 2010, they made a new pact called the New START Treaty, which capped the number of uh, tactical nukes that they could deploy at one time. But I'm not seeing anything about storing. I know, I, was, I, I read it the other day, I don't remember. I, I, I was listening to a, uh, to a documentary on it, actually, about like the, the nuclear treaty that we, we came to um, with the Soviet Union. I don't know who else was involved in it, but I, I know that it was definitely us in the Soviet Union back then, or Russia. Um, either way, I mean, it's super important that we have enough to defend ourselves, uh, which it's not, you know, 3,000 something. We don't need that many. Well, but I definitely would rather us have more than our adversaries, obviously. It really, well, it, in, in my opinion, it comes down to the type of weapon it is. Because yeah. your, your tactical nukes can it's, range anywhere from like a city block to like a car. And it's just like an anti-material type of weapon. Hmm. But then you have like... Well, like the ones we have on the subs. Yeah, like the subs are the heavy ones. Yeah, like, Uh, you know, we're going to go full Hiroshima on shit. I think it's called like the Trident 2s. Or is it the Trident, the ICBM? I don't know. That's the ICBM. We have the three legs though. We have the Triad. We have our our, uh, ICBM sites like in the the Midwest... Um, Northern Colorado, yeah. Nebraska, that area. Well, that was that was part of the pact that that Russia just pulled out of was yeah. ICBM nukes. Yeah, yeah. Like we we were supposed to limit the number that we have, and they were supposed to limit the number that they have. Um, if you so don't know, know what ICBM have, is, it goes up into the atmosphere, bounces off different satellites until it floats around to where it's got to go, and then it just drops straight through the atmosphere and destroys everything. Yeah. So ICBM stands for intercontin- intercontinental ballistic missile. And so what that means say is that ten times yeah exactly. I can't even say it once. Um, <laughs> it, it it literally it, it goes into the atmosphere into space and then finds its trajectory to hit with pinpoint accuracy where it needs to go, and they have what's called MIRVs attached to the warhead, and the MIRVs are multi. Uh, what is it like uh, a multi something reentry vehicle. Um, and so what it means is... It's little rockets that are it, it's an, They're individual warheads attached to one big warhead. So when it looks like it's one uh, missile coming in, all of a sudden now it, it splits and it's four or five different ones. And they'll put... Um, they'll put a... Multiple independently targetable reentry vehicle. That's it. And <laughs> sometimes they'll put, uh, they'll put decoys in them. So it's ones that won't even have like... Uh, a nuclear tip in them yeah. and they'll use those as like decoys and they'll send out so you never know which one you actually have to target and they usually airburst and they fuck shit up I yeah. mean the, the smallest ones that we have on any of our our armament in the United States um, are like 230 times more powerful than the ones we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki like yeah and that's that's the scary thing about nukes they're gnarly Yes, we, we had to stop doing above-ground testing as of the moratorium in, like, 92 or 94, whatever it was. Bill Clinton, you're an asshole. Um, but you but they, they they kept doing under... The dude got laid. We'll, we'll give him that. <laughs> all right? He played a mean saxophone, but everything else he did... Um, but they continued to do underground testing, and they figured out a way to basically 
I don't know if I'm making up a word here, but potentize nuclear materials. So yeah, you might only have like 15 or 16 kilotons, but it's hitting with the force of like triple little boy and fat man, whatever right. they were, you know. And these things can fit on a tomahawk, basically. Yeah, I mean, well, we have we have the cruise missile leg too. So part of that triad, we have. The ICBMs, uh, which are independently like shot out of silos, mm-hmm. um, so it's just a fucking a big ass missile that goes up into the air. Then we have the um, the ones that are loaded onto like uh, aircraft. So you have like B fifty two Strata Fortress, um, like gravity drop or B fifty or B twos as well. Um, the uh, stealth bombers that we have, yeah, stealth. Um, and then we also have a cruise missile version that they can drop and those things are like independent vehicles. They, they drop down to low altitude to fly under the radar. They're self-guided and the new generations of them are stealth as well, that individual cruise missiles. So yeah. they're a lot harder to track, a lot harder to kill. They can and be they, fired from a predator. And they, 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 uh, fly at subsonic, um, uh, trajectory. So, you know, like five, five fifty miles per hour. So they're still moving, but they're not they're not cracking sound barriers and That's you know coming in super fast. And then they dive in and kill whatever it is they have to kill. And then we have the subs, the uh, the the sub launched ones, which are the most dangerous ones. They're they're the heaviest hitting ones. They're That's the when highest you payload. The whole country. And those things, all those subs are super fucking stealthy. Like, oh yeah. Once they're out in open water, you can't you can't find them no. until they they launch. Until That's they the only way them. you know where they're at is if they launch. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they're the the nuclear sub capabilities are getting to the point where they don't even have to be underwater now to be hidden. Yeah, what is it the uh, the Los Angeles class? As long as the Paris as lo- as long as the Virginia class. Whatever you navy freaks out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but as long as the periscope on the top of the sub is barely breached, they're still undetectable. Yeah, that's cra- it's crazy. Um I think it's the it's either the Los Angeles class or Virginia class, whatever one it is. It's the, the nuclear the powered battleships. It's a nuclear powered, nuclear capable sub, um, and then essentially what I was what I was reading was that they have like a slight rubber coating on them, which helps with the acoustics going through the water. Really? Like I don't know shit about Navy or anything water related at all, but I was I was fascinated by the the fact that like these these subs are so stealthy uh like more stealthy than the aircraft that we have and it was saying something about the 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 coating or whatever is like has some something to do with like rubber or something like that where it's uh it, it helps it helps lower the acoustic levels as they're they're gliding through the water it like doesn't create the sound waves that like normal metal create underwater so basically they're using like the the it's like a, the, the a, stealth blackhawk technology but underwater it kind of yeah it's like a it's like a special coating that they put on these things that help them not create sound underwater when they're traveling right so it's it's wild man um yeah like subs are subs well, are scary dude well it's like the mess with them. 160th blackhawks that they used on the bin laden raid yeah, yeah. Um, they had some kind of, like, DuPont, whatever, polymer paint stuff on it that as the 
that blades rotated and it, it cut the air across the the main area of the helicopter, there was no resistance. Yeah, and like dampens it, right? Yeah. Like it makes it way quieter. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can... Yeah, I'll say it. I don't care. When I was working at a certain facility here in Nevada, the those were out there, and I had no idea that they were in the air until they were probably like 50 feet above my head. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy because... You can uh, you can you can hear helicopters from from a good distance away. And there's no rotor wash, nothing. The 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 muffled, even like when they're far away, the thump 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 thump. Yeah, like regular Blackhawks. When I was in Bulgaria, I mean, they were they were always out flying around, and you'd catch them. You you'd probably catch them about about a three quarters of a mile to a mile out, like yeah. where you could start hearing the faint sounds yeah. of them coming in. And you can tell what kind of helicopter it is by the sound too. Yeah, I mean, Chinooks are way louder, <laughs> fucking huge flying school buses. Yeah. Uh, Blackhawks are gnarly, and then Apaches are kind of scary because of how fast they move. Yeah. You see them before you hear them. Well, little birds, you don't even hear them. Yeah, little birds got to be, like, right above Yeah. Because they're so fucking fast yeah. and nimble. Those things are sketchy. It's kind of like a, a It's fighter. like the SWAT helicopters. I mean, that's yeah. it's essentially the same thing that they use. Little birds are kind of like fighter jets where... Yeah, you hear it, but it's already passed you by the time you hear exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. You know. Dude, speaking of that, man, I was at my office when those F-16s did the flyover for the Knights game for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> they, Dude, they blew over my office <laughs> when I was on the phone, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, the, I, I thought a bomb went off. Like, they were so loud, and I guess it was scheduled, but mm-hmm. I didn't know about it until after, like, they blew by. I walked out front, and there was a bunch of people standing outside, like, taking videos and stuff. And uh, I asked them, like, what happened? And they said, oh, yeah, the, the Air Force did a flyover. And when I tell you, it sounded like they buzzed my building. Like, <laughs> I, they could not have been more than more than 300 feet up in the air. So I have a video on my work phone. Um, we were supposed to go to the roof and watch from the roof, but the, the JTAC guy was worried about his personal security or whatever because mm. he's Air Force and yeah yeah um I know the last time we said JTAC guys were awesome but this guy was not um but they like you heard them because everything was just echoing through the strip right and then at at the point where they were like just barely past like us in the New York New York like it was it sounded like an earthquake it was yeah just, just ripping through you know? man and it was uh it wasn't f16s and f35s um or was I, it just f f16s no there there was two different jets up there i just don't I know i think i think it was f35s also say i know one of at least two of them were 16s yeah i think it was 35s and 16s but either way man it'd have been a whole lot cooler if they were 18s those things were tearing through dude like i see why the taliban was so afraid of the air force Oh yeah, and it's it's because they come out of nowhere. The sounds that they make, the I mean, the the immense firepower that they provide, like the the gunships. You know, you never even see them, yeah. and all of a sudden they're just raining down yeah. hell. The AWACS are a godsend. I will throw that eyes out there in right the now. sky, man. Without them, those a lot of those dudes are flying blind from distance. You know, yeah. um, those things project a ton of power to our aircraft. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go on Google. Because I don't know enough about the AWAC other than it's got like 10 different caliber fucking guns on it. And it can see things well outside of its visual range. Well, I know the gunship, the, the AC-130 gunships, 
they do essentially they do racetracks around the yeah the, the area of operation yeah like the AO they're just racetracking above and they're they're like yeah, you know, they thirty some thousand feet mid-air up mid air refueling and all that and they have a huge cannon they have I believe it's either a twenty I think it's a twenty five Bushmaster they have on there so the gun that was on my Bradley they have one of those but that's like their second or third biggest caliber that they carry. If I'm not mistaken, they have, they have a 105. 105s, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think they have a 105 on that thing, which is, it's literally a tank cannon sticking out of an airplane. And they all are on the left side of the plane. Let's see what Wikipedia... And they just rain down hell. Because uh, Wikipedia tells the truth. Yeah, it'll tell you whatever they have. It's, it's either a 105 or a 120, but I think it's a 105. They have, uh, yeah, they're, they're literal death machines in the air. Those dudes are uh, uh, it's got a great asset. Four seven six two Gal mini guns, four twenty Mike Mike Vulcans. Holy shit! Uh, one one oh five one forty Mike Mike. Okay. And then depending on the variant, the numbers of which gun they have might change, but that seems to be whoa. That one's got a uh, 105 M102 howitzer on it. Jesus. That's the AC-130 Whiskey Stinger II, retired. But the AC-130 Juliet Ghost Rider, still in service, has the same. Yeah. It's got a 30 Mike Mike Auto Cannon, the howitzer. A oh, so gun, it's a 30, not a yeah. 25. The Gunslinger Weapon System, which launches AGM-176 Griffin missiles. Or the GDU forty four Viper Strike Munition ten round magazine. So it comes straight from Satan himself. Yeah, awesome. and, then, and then it's also got wing mounted Hellfires. <laughs> uh, Just because it wasn't enough. Already, yeah, the right? GBU thirty nine yeah. small diameter bombs, uh, and then <laughs> and then just in case you're still alive, it's got the GBU fifty three Bravo SDB twos, which are hard point. Missiles, I'm assuming it doesn't really say. So you're dead. Many times over. Yeah. 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 As the fat electrician would say, you've been unalive multiple times. Facts. Jesus, man. Yeah. The the uh, you know the Air Force dudes do get a lot of shit from the other branches, but I'll tell you what, they got some cool fucking toys. Yeah, but it's only like a select group of dudes that are cool enough to use them. Those those dudes, uh, flight crews and pilots for like F twenty twos, F thirty fives. Those dudes are badass. Yeah, A uh, tens. I will. Okay. I'm gonna say this now, just in case we hit it and like someone goes back through the archives. If any of you guys have access to a flight thing or want to take us up in the air so we can put on a G suit and and pull like nine Gs. I'm your oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm down. there. I don't care if it gives me hemorrhoids or not. I'll film. I'll film the whole thing. I'll film myself passing out and drooling on myself like a retard. Oh, yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. No. It's it's no joke, man. Uh, I was neighbors with a pilot, active duty Air Force, before I joined the Army. He was a major, part of the drone program back in, uh, or when he was out here at Creech. He was part of the drone program out here, flying some kind of fucking shit that he couldn't talk about. <laughs> Something. Something. Paper um, airplanes. He was in Florida. He was a, uh, uh, I believe he was a flight instructor for the F-22 and then got moved over to the drone program. And um, it's it's wild, man. These dudes sit in, uh, you know, these dudes sit in these, 
these uh, storage containers out in Creech Air Force Base, but yet their drones are you know on station in Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq, and they're just killing people from thousands and thousands of miles away. It's a uh, it's again a different breed of people, man. Oh, oh boy. Raytheon now owns the rights to the Army's striker-fired 50-kilowatt laser for drone defense. Oh. It's got freaking laser beams now, huh? Freaking laser beams, dude. dude but this, the, the artwork in this picture is pretty freaking phenomenal. <laughs> Tell me that's not like some like... Oh, yeah. Bottom of the barrel, lowest bidder... Artwork. So it, what it what it's pretty much showing is a is a striker vehicle with a fucking laser attached <laughs> to it and it's shooting down drones. It's uh, it's it's pretty pretty funny. Um, speaking exactly of speaking what you would of expect from military payment. Speaking of the army vehicles, do you see they're finally fielding the replacement for the Bradley? No. Yeah. Um, I stopped. I stopped caring about that like 12 years ago when they announced it. Yeah, they, they've been trying to do it forever. I guess they're they're in the development or whatever stage again uh, for this replacement. But this thing is, is supposed to be a completely different animal. Like, it's supposed to have a 50-millimeter chain gun. What? Yeah. Like, double that. It's supposed to be a huge gun, or uh, a huge round, um, and it's supposed to be a I could take big old fat boy. Um, and it's it's supposed to be uh, tracked again, so they're they're keeping it on tracks, even more up armored. Get away from uh, tracked vehicles, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, for certain areas and conditions, they work. Like flat open desert, it's fine until you hit something and break track. Yes, well, breaking track sucks, dude. As long as you stay away from the loose the loose like sand with big rocks and shit in it. And you don't try to take this motherfucker up mountains. They're not built for mountain warfare, Fort Carson. <laughs> so why do you? Why, why are we? Why are we using them in, at a at a a base that is literally built on the side of a mountain? You're welcome. By the way, dude, we brought those from Fort Hood. Yeah, they suck. They and and from what I was being told from my my uh, old leadership is they were going back to Fort Hood. That Fort Hood was getting all of ours, and then we were getting all new strikers. Um, Makes sense. With the crow third, systems, third ACR still there. But they, uh, when I left, at least everyone was still on Brad's, and as I'm still tracking nowadays, they're still on Brad's, and they're doing a gunnery or just finished doing a gunnery again. So, um, good luck, boys. Hope you guys did good. My extent of Bradley's was my first deployment, and then after that, motor pool Mondays. Yeah, motor they pool never Mondays. left the motor pool. Dude, no, we were motor pool Monday, Monday through Friday was. Motor pool Monday, uh, we were always out at the tracks, always doing something. Mechanics always found some shit that that it was a level ten task, you know. Of course, exhaust samples. <clears throat> oh, dude, we got <laughs> we got our, our PL with that. Did you? I, yeah, man. We uh, it was it was good. We we told him like before we broke his heart, but he actually uh, helped get samples of the the exhaust. <laughs> With a big clear trash bag, and we, he wrote the track number on the bag. Oh, man. 3-1, etc. See, and people think officers are the way to go. Not always the smartest when you got that butter bar on you. Oh, man. He was he was cool, though. He was he was a good dude. He actually showed up as a um, O2. Oh, no? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he showed up as an O2 to, to my, my platoon. Was he prior enlisted? No. Um, he... He did some staff time. I think he? he was. Yeah, he was at. I think he was at battalion for a little while in S three. Yeah, sucks. Um, my old platoon. One of my platoon sergeants that I had. He. Uh, I think he got thrown in in the S shops as well. When we were in Bulgaria, actually, yeah, he was he was in the S shops. So I mean, it's. We used to always throw our, our shit bags in the dude, S shops. We we've had we've had a few dudes. Um, the the shit bags for some reason always got stuck. Like. It was we couldn't the, get rid of them. They either went to HHC or... <laughs> so leadership S- could S- keep S- an eye on them? Yeah, oh yeah, they became orderly room clerks. <laughs> oh, hell left, yeah. Like, right away. Paper pushers. We had this cat show up. This is when I was still on 4ID. We had this cat show up, brand new, out of basic. Like, one of the first groups out of that graduated from Benning when the armor school moved to Benning. Mm-hmm. This dude showed up day one with a fucking 4ID tattoo on his calf. No shot. This fucking big. Dude. No shot, dude. And uh, the sniper section sergeant that was hanging out with us had this dude in the front lean and rest. And he was like, I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm gonna make this hurt real bad. So for those of you that don't know, uh, that that didn't have the misfortune or fortune, however you want to look at it, of being stationed at Fort Carson, that's the fourth ID patch right there. It's four lost lieutenants. And I, my, one of my buddies actually sent me an Instagram video. It was like a satire, like comedy skit, but they they were uh, they were delivering like a, a death notice to someone. It was actually a really fucking funny skit. So. It was like uh, the dudes in their dress blues and shit, you know, it was a staff sergeant and then a corporal. Mm. They walk up to the door and they're like, hey, we're looking for this girl. And it was like some some fat old dude and he was like, oh, that's me. And they're like, you were, you were catfishing him this whole time? And he, he was like, yeah, yeah, basically. They, they were rocking fourth ID uh, patches on their, their blues, but they were, instead of being the correct way, they were sideways like this. Like it was fucking hilarious. Um, and then... Uh, they were like going back and forth talking about like how how like he's a piece of shit for like catfishing this dude like he screamed your na- your fake name like as he charged into enemy fire uh this is on tiktok or what dude no it was on on instagram it was oh, like a no clip shit. yeah one of my buddies sent it I'll, I'll forward it to you yeah um and then right when they were finishing up their little conversation a second group of <laughs> fucking guys came up they were looking like they're like oh we're looking for another female oh wow <laughs> he was like no two in one day wow <laughs> like, so fuck man we had this they had, we had this kid in the front lane arrest and this sniper uh section sergeant gets a blowtorch and a scalpel and he's mm. eating it up well this kid's on front lane arrest he's showing him the whole thing scaring the shit out of him and then he pulls a fucking punisher move and puts a popsicle on his leg and oh, starts no. tracing the tattoo and he's like you know you feel that like you feels cold because that's all your nerves burn like blah 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 like i've never seen a kid piss himself oh my god like in a non like super like combat slash like life-altering event situation yeah he just he in was... the front lean arrest this dude had a puddle of piss under him <laughs> like his whole bladder oh my god Needless uh, to say, his ACU soaked it up pretty good. Dude, we had um, we had a few kids at Basic that found out like where they were going, and they immediately like booked appointments to like get their new unit tattooed on them. And there was like a couple kids that wanted to get like the Basic, uh, like our Basic training logo, tattooed on them. I'm like, bro, you guys are 
something different. I don't have a single army tattoo. I don't have a single army tattoo either. I mean, there was a couple of us that were, were going to get our, our, like, the OG from, like, when we showed up. We call them, you know, like, everyone has their own, like, OG. Yeah, you got your own little click, up. yeah. So it was, like, us. Uh, we're going to get it with our, our original platoon sergeant and our original PL. Mm. We're all going to get a, the, the platoon logo tattooed on us, like, on our thighs. Um, and there was one guy that got it done. Um, fucking Griff, Staff Sergeant Griff. He, uh, he has it on his calf. And that's the dude, actually, that just made selection. So okay. he's, uh, he's, he's running around. One of the one of the ODAs with a Jolly Roger tattoo on his calf. Oh, is that what that Jolly Roger comment thing was about? Yeah. Okay. Jolly Jolly Roger. Yeah, that's the third platoon. So we had. This is when I was in Task Force Spectre. One of the E fives wives. Nobody liked this E five. He did his job well. I have nothing against him as a person. He just didn't mesh well with like. Our attitude. Just personality was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he was always that dude, like, if you were doing some shady shit, you made sure that he knew nothing about just in case. Right, right. His wife got a fucking tattoo with Task Force Spectre, blah, blah, blah. Like, all this shit on it, bro. His wife, of all people. Oh, no. Needless to say, the FRG didn't like her either. I'm sure. But... They're from, like, backwoods, like, North Carolina or Kentucky or some shit. Dude, I... I got some shit about that. So, I had a kid at basic. Uh, this kid, I, I won't say his name because he's a uh, he's a special one for sure. He this is a kid that did four years of JROTC before he joined the army. So he came in as a PFC, thought he knew everything and anything about the military. Like this was the guy, right? Couldn't pass a PT test. Couldn't ruck. Uh, couldn't couldn't. He wasn't tactically proficient at all like he was just a fuck up right like so he just couldn't couldn't get right so he belonged in an orderly room he he couldn't he couldn't get right this fucking kid he tried like he had heart oh okay. but he just he wasn't there he cared but he, he just didn't care enough. exactly exactly gotcha um so this was the kid though that when he first showed up to basic he uh wrote you know you you can only write letters and shit so he was writing a letter to his parents like wrote one to his dad and shit and his dad, I guess, had asked him for his dog tag numbers, like his like his social his security number. It. No, it's a, it's your DoD ID number now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. So they, they switched it. It doesn't have your social anymore. It has your DoD ID number on it now. So it has like has your your first your last name, first name, DoD ID, blood type, and then I think your religion. So aside from the dress uniform going back to World War Two, the dog tags are going back to World War Two now. Yeah, it's your DoD ID, not your social anymore. All right. Um, that's how it was when I got them too. So 2019. I had social. 20, 2019, early 2020. I can't remember, but it was yeah. It's it's DoD ID number now. Um, Couldn't so, even tell you what my DoD ID. <laughs> I still remember mine, unfortunately. Um, this kid though, wrote it to his dad or whatever, and his dad got his dog tags tattooed on his chest. While we were at basic, right, and this kid, this kid ends up getting rolled. It got recycled day one. They wait, they, like I, I low key kind of felt bad for this kid because they kept him to like a, like a month or three weeks before like final graduation of OSA mm. to roll him back to day one. And then from what I understand is he went through another cycle, same thing, got rolled again, and then ended up getting kicked out of the military. Like never actually got to a duty station, but he was. 
in the army for, <laughs> for like over a year. You'd have more time in service than most of the people. Dude, I'm saying, so, um, yeah, like, but his dad, like, got the dog tags tattooed on him, and, like, he, he signed a six-year contract off-rip with Airborne, and this kid couldn't pass a PT test to save his life. He had an option 40 contract. Option 40. Uh, yeah, he was trying to get Ranger, uh, <laughs> and he couldn't even make it past OSA. So... Uh, yeah, that was like a whole a whole thing, um, dude. I got I got a, a ton of those fucking basic stories, like some shit that happened. I don't remember a whole hell of a lot of my basic, except for like a few things because it was a long time ago. But I, one of the things, like everybody has those people in basic that like try to off themselves or do something that's gonna separate them. He tried that a couple times. Well, when I was in basic or OSA, whatever you wanna call it, was during. Like, the big push into Baghdad, Fallujah, mm. all that shit. Mm. This kid was our house mouse. PT stud for days, dude. Like, this kid had no quit in him. Yeah. Just a stud, yeah. We, we woke up, and we're getting ready to go to the bayonet assault course. For some, some unknown reason, he decided he'd had enough. He walked to the drill sergeant's office, didn't even address them. Just said, hey, motherfuckers, if you take me out here, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, shit. Took him to the fucking orderly room. First sergeant commander talked to him, whatever. I don't know what they talked about. But I do know that at that time, nobody was getting separated from Tradoc. Everything, if you were going to get separated, it was going to be from your unit. Yeah. They recycled that motherfucker back to day zero. God damn. Yeah, it, uh, we we had a couple dudes that got they got. I think it was only, I think it was only him actually. A lot of uh, so we had we had a lot actually from just my platoon that didn't make it, um, but most of them got got discharged. Like they got they got yeah. separated. Um, there was only him and like one other dude that were like that were like dead set. Like I want to I want to pass. I want to get into a unit. Like I want to make it through basic and and OSUT. Um, the other ones, though, when they got the option to, like, get out, they were like, fuck yeah. Like, they took it. So um, there was no option when I was... Dude, it was it was weird, man. It, they didn't care if you were blowing some dude in the shower or anything like that. Well, that's, like, that's were... how it was. Like, dude, it was, an, it was like active war. Like, shit was going on. Yeah. When I went in, it was, like, winding down already. Yeah. Like, I got shit from all my drill sergeants because of how, how old I was. They're like, where the fuck were you at for the invasion? <laughs> I was like, hey, man... Like, I was fuck, partying. Like, my bad, dude. Yeah, I was. I was having kids and like getting married <laughs> and shit. Like, fuck, man. Uh, so yeah, they they gave me some shit because I was I was older than the majority of my drill sergeants. I was twenty nine when I went in. Yeah. So most of those staff sergeants, like, we had one dude, super fucking high speed drill sergeant. I don't know how the fuck this dude pulled it off. He was twenty years old and he was an E six. Twenty year old drill sergeant. Wow. The dude did. I know he did uh, JROTC or whatever. And then came in so and like he was with Tenth Mountain. He he already had his CIB. So assume, CIB. assuming he came in as a specialist or even a PFC, he had to he had to have gotten his five relatively fast. Like yeah, within like within like, like two years. Yeah, which is astronomical. And then he was probably a five going into Drill Academy, and then got his six graduating. I think so. Yeah, because. We were like his second cycle, I think. Is what think, I was hearing? Because I don't think you can 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong if you're out there, but I don't think you can be an actual drill sergeant as a five. I think you have to be a six. You can. We had one dude. So we, we had a whole shit show go on with, with our, our, uh, our fucking OSUT class. So I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say specifics about what happened. But essentially what happened was you done fucked our up. first sergeant got fired oh. from, my, from my basic cycle. Uh, our XO got fired. Which was my PL, my, <laughs> my platoon's PL. Uh, he was also acting XO. He got fired, and then we lost like three or four drill sergeants wow. because of like an investigation that happened. Um, I'll, I'll I'll put out a little bit. So basically, what happened was we had a bunch of prior service dudes that were coming into infantry from like uh, reserves and like National Guard and shit. They were okay. joining active duty. Um, so they were doing, like, the warrior whatever. Yeah, like, where you just have to do the AIT portion. Yeah. So they came in after we'd already uh, turned green. Mm-hmm. And then when we were going through the, the AIT side of OSUT, um, they came in and joined us. They had Which, a, by the way, if you don't know, OSUT and basic training are different. Basic yeah. training is, when I was in, it was eight weeks. Yeah. And then you go to AIT, which is usually at a different post. Or depending on your job, you'll go somewhere and do something combat arms have osa one station unit training so for the entire time that you're in training it's the same drill sergeants the same cadre every day for me it was 18 weeks and five days ours was uh 22 weeks yeah so there you go yeah so osa yeah one station unit training we had that you you're with the same dudes the same drill sergeants the same company same building everything for the entire time from when you get out of uh uh, uh, what is it? One sixtieth AR, one mm, sixtieth no. reception battalion. Is it Fort Benning? Is it one sixth? I think it's six six sixtieth uh, AG or whatever. The yeah, sixtieth AG, not one sixtieth. It's uh, the reception battalion there. Uh, by far the worst part <laughs> of Fort Benning, hands down. Like, dude, we were there for. I'm not even kidding. We were there for fucking maybe a, maybe a week, and I would I would do OSUT all over again twice. Rather than go back to oh, that, that, that time I spent the 60th. That place sucks. Um, and peanut, bro- peanut Butter Bravo is real, by the way. <laughs> peanut Butter Bravo is a real thing. I was in, I was in Bravo, uh, Bravo Company at 60th. Um, if you don't know, you won't know. If you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so back to like uh, the, the prior <clears throat> service guys, we had a couple, a couple dudes. Like One dude was transitioned from the Navy to the Army. Um, Why? And he was an E4 specialist. Uh, he he got housed with us in our platoon, um, in fourth platoon. Um, yeah, I was the, in fourth platoon too. Hey, hell yeah, dude. Um, and the way that the platoons are broken down for like basic and OSUD is it's by last name. So like the A's, you, you're you're going to be first platoon. Like my my last name's S, his last name's T. So we're towards the end of the alphabet. We're either going to be in third or fourth platoon depending on how many people are there with how many last names. Um, but if you were E5 and above, you got your own little, like small yeah. little room, right? So all the E5 and above prior enlisted, uh, they had like their own little bay. They got their cell phones. They got to like yep. go to the PX. They got like a little bit more freedom than we had, um, which is understandable. Like, Lord. you know, of course you're, you're fucking salt. I was salty as shit. I was too. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm still older than these motherfuckers. Yeah. And like we, they get, they get to have their phones. They we had to, one prior service dude, specialist Todd. I'm going to name you because I hate you. This dude... Damn, I wasn't going to throw names out there. <laughs> this dude wouldn't know what a bus was if it fucking ran him over. Oh, uh, he's just retarded? Dude was dumb as hell. 
I know kids with Down syndrome that are smarter than this kid. Holy shit. He had an Xbox 360 in his fucking barracks room. No shit. And he let everybody know when he was playing because he turned that shit way up. Wow, what an asshole. And then I get to my first unit. Guess who's in my sister battalion? Oh, shit. Specialist fucking Todd. Anyways, back Hate to see it. Um, yeah, so these dudes uh, had their own like little room, you know, where they had their phones and this and that. Um, so essentially what happened was we also had a, a dude that was an E5, but he was na- he was a National Guard captain. He was an O3 that wanted to enlist. He willingly gave up his commission. He gave up his commission in the National Guard to come active duty, infantry, enlisted. Bravo. Bravo. And so he became immediately E5. And he didn't... This this dude was a super stand-up guy, man. Like, he was really cool. Um, he Gotta didn't, be cool he didn't tell that. anyone. He didn't tell anyone that he was a captain before. No? Like, he kept it 100% to himself. He just fell in ranks with the dudes, like... Didn't try to pull the fucking rank card, didn't pull even like the E5 card, like I'm an NCO, you know, da da da. Training is training, bro. Training's training. He said, hey man, we're all here to suck together and we're gonna get through it. Like he was a super, super solid dude. Um, so it wasn't him, but it was some of the other prior enlisted, like the, the E4 specialist types. They had told their wives about certain things that were going on during training. And they all came from non-combat arms, so they don't understand, like, the shit is serious. Like, yeah. take your fucking training serious, make it realistic, and, and you know, like, you have to you cross get, your T's and dot your I's. The combat arms world of the military, you get treated a certain way in basic training because when shit becomes real life, if you don't have that stress and you don't have that, like, experience dealing with, like how effed up things can really be, you're not going to make it through that combat experience. 100%. And that's what it is. Like, OSA and basic training is is to set you up for success in, in war, essentially. Yeah, 100%, like, that's, 100%. That's what it's about. So it's always high stress. Uh, you're, you're always sleep deprived. You're, you're probably hungry. Um, you're getting and yelled you're, at constantly. You're just getting screamed at. Even if you know you didn't fuck up, you're just getting yelled at to, to induce that stress in your mind. Yeah. And then they make you perform. Like, I'll get into other aspects of like how th- I I realized early on being a younger or an older guy in a in a group of younger dudes. I realized really early on that it's all part of the process. Like yeah. it's all a game, right? And it's, I was, it's I was older all here I for a reason. And it's it's all by design. Like I I realized that week one. Yeah. And I just stuck with that. Like hey. This will end. We'll get through it. Everything will work out. It's just you got to deal with the suck right now. Oh, yeah. And you'll move on. 100%. So what happened was they started telling their wives about, like, certain aspects of the training and you certain... Hurt my feelings. Pretty much. Like, they were bitching to their wives. Their wives called um, the division commander. The two, what the fuck? Two-star general. And they refused to speak with anyone How else get that other than number? the two-star general. They, you, they called division headquarters. And told them, because this guy's in charge of all of Tradoc through Fort Benning. I couldn't even get Deer's phone number. How the hell did they get division? I have no fucking idea. They got it, and the two-star general became aware of malpractice or, like, whatever the fuck they call it. Conduct unbecoming. Something, dude. And they ended up opening this huge investigation, uh, uh, 
CID showed up, and they started doing interviews with all the fucking trainees, all the drill sergeants. The if CO. you're CID, I hate you. You're the op for sure. You joined the army to be the worst possible human being. Bro, know. I caught a CID investigation in Bulgaria. Don't surprise I'll me. I'll tell you you're about kind that of a shit. I'll tell you about that <laughs> shit. And it wasn't even my fault. I didn't do shit. I was actually 100% innocent. All right, let's finish one Anyways, story. Anyways, the uh, so they ended up calling this huge investigation in. First sergeant got fired. XO got fired. A couple of drill sergeants got fired. Um, bunch of shit went down. So we had a E5 show up that was a National Guard drill sergeant. But he was from uh, he was from Second Bat. Oh, okay. So he, he, he knew his shit. He, was, he deployed with Second Bat, had a Second Bat deployment patch, had his pumpkin patch, but he was an E5. Gotcha. And he showed up like three quarters of the way through the cycle, and he stuck with us for the major, like the rest of it until we finished, um, only because we were short. Like yeah. we we're short men, number one. So this, the 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 CRD investigation happened. COVID was going on. So the other thing was all of the drill sergeants that lived off of post weren't allowed to come back to work. Seriously. During the height of COVID. Because Sand Hill was locked down. Oh shit. So only drill sergeants that lived on post were allowed wow. to come to work. So these drill sergeants were already overworked, fucking way overtired. Like they didn't have their their normal days off that they were supposed to have. They were pulling twenty four hour shifts all the time. So you were getting the shit out of it, dude. We just got like their frustration came back on oh, us, yeah, and I get it. Like it's fucking frustrating. Yeah. They like I didn't you know you don't understand it when you're going through the training because you don't know how the military operates, but like they already have a, a fucked up schedule as drill sergeants oh, yeah, already. 100%. But then to add that shit on top of it, like where now your your replacements aren't coming in, yeah. you're getting you, they literally had to call National Guard drill sergeants up to get those dudes in and fill in empty spaces. So it was a shit show. But our fucking CEO held it together, dude. Like um, he he was a solid dude, and and I'm gonna give him a shout out. Um, I'll, I'll name him because this is the dude that got me home from my mom's funeral. My mom passed while I was in OSUT uh, from breast cancer. And no one was coming or going from Sand Hill during this time. It was like the peak of COVID. And I got the call. Well, I was so I remember it clear as day. I was sitting in the um, I was sitting in the CTA eating an MRE, a lunch MRE. And my CEO came up on the catwalk on the top floor, and he goes, uh, uh, "Schwab or four one seven, where you at? Like your roster number, you know?" And I was like, "Right here, sir." And he was like, "Come up here. You need to take this phone call." And I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, because it's like you don't happened. give you don't get phone you don't calls. get you don't get phone calls like that, and especially not the CEO telling yeah. you to take a phone call. Yeah. So I go up and I go upstairs, and he has me follow him into his office. He shuts the door, and that's when I knew like something was serious, and it was on his personal cell phone. Oh. It was a Red Cross message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get on the phone. It was my brother. Um, my brother was pretty much letting me know like, "Hey, mom's, mom's going." If, is there any way you can get home? And I said, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this works. I don't know how, like, coming, like, being able to, to go home for a funeral is going to work. And essentially, she was on her deathbed. Like, she was she was already at the hospital. Um, she was hooked up to all the machines keeping her alive. Like, if they, as soon as those machines were shut off, she was gone. Yeah. And um, while I was on the phone with my my, my, uh, my brother, my, my CEO was on his computer in his office booking me a flight oh shit now mind you to be able to leave uh sand hill during this time in covid it had to get signed off by the two-star 
Oh, wow. Division commander had to sign it off. And um, he, he picked up his office phone and he called the battalion commander and essentially told him what was going on. BC said, you have my permission to send him to get him on a flight. Hmm. He said, we'll, we'll go together and make sure like this gets squared away and like we get it signed off. We'll handle it later. Send them. Exactly. Yeah. So this guy, like he really went out of his way for me and, and showed me what like a real leader is about before I ever got to my unit. Yeah. And I didn't understand the, the severity of like what he did for me at the time. Oh, yeah. But now like when I got through the military and everything like that, like he could have, he could have got fired oh, for yeah. doing what he did. Um, Shout out Captain Benner. Captain Benner from 150 Charlie Company in my cycle. I don't know if you'll ever see this, but you, you fucking, you, you, uh, you, you changed me. You, you made me a, a better person. You're what a commander should be. 100%. Um, so I went home for my mom's funeral uh, and got to, got to stay for 10 days, came back, and I was supposed to be in isolation for 14 days because of COVID. So what they did was they turned one of the platoon offices into an isolation room. So I had my bunk in there, like a bed, and that was it. Like my, my bunk, I had my one personal bag that had two books in it, and that was it. And I was supposed to be in there by myself for 14 days. Um, that part sucked. The reintegration, like getting back to the boys afterwards was, was like healing. You know, it helped, yeah, helped deal with my mom. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, like... They, they, the, the cycle went through some shit. Uh, like, it was a weird basic training cycle, for sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> doing, doing that through COVID. It was, it was gnarly, dude. And, and So, when, no, I'm going to ask you, when you guys were going through and COVID was going on, was the consensus pretty much the same as it is in, like, the civilian world where you had the guys that were scared shitless and following everything, and then you had the guys that were like, oh, this is stupid, this is all bullshit? In terms of, like, getting the shots and shit? Just in general. Like, were there guys that were like, oh, um, you know, fuck, it's all a lie, it's all a coup, blah, blah, blah. Or was it just yeah. pretty much whatever you, everything you guys knew was obviously restricted? So, so higher leadership, like battalion and brigade level, it was no joke. Like, they would come walking up wearing masks, making sure everyone was six feet apart, uh, making sure that, like, our drill sergeants were following the protocols. Like, we did PT six feet apart from each other. Like, PT wasn't going to stop. We right. ran with fucking masks on. Oh, like over our nose and mouth, um, you know. Of course, if it was like a release run, as soon as you're out of eyesight of a drill sergeant, you fucking pull that bitch down. But yeah, it's like it, it was. It was really stupid. Uh, it got really stupid. Um, so it was. It was a lot of dealing with the mask mandate, the six feet apart constantly. Which I mean, you're in a bay with sixty something dudes yeah. at all times, like. They, they said once you were in your platoon, like, behind closed doors, you could take your masks off and, like, stuff like that because you're kind of, like, accustomed to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as the whole company's together, everyone has to have masks on, six feet apart in formations, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, Did they issue you masks or was it just, like, those shitty medical yeah, masks? Yeah, so, so when, we got to, when we got to 60th AG, um, they had, like, some volunteers that made masks out of OCP material. So you're not, you can't breathe shit out of this thing. It's literally made out of like uh, old uniforms. And they had the huge black string that was like a bungee cord. And then another one that went around like your neck. So you had these two thick ass cords and a huge piece of OCP 
material that like I, I have pictures of it, dude. You I'll got show some you. dead dude's fucking crotch dude, cut out of his pants on your face. I don't know where they got this shit from, bro, but it was thick and it was double layered. Oh, like they had folded it over itself and sewn it together. So like you couldn't breathe dick out of this thing. Was the AR six seventy dash one changed for that or yeah. was it? There's really? a mandate in AR six seventy now, yeah. Like wow. even at my unit at Fourth ID they had like what was acceptable. Like it had to be either all black, all white, uh multicam, or uh if it was a disposable, you had to change it daily and it couldn't be like you know, one that right. had like dirt and shit all right. over it. Um and then the nylon ones you were supposed to wash, like uh, you're, you're supposed to wash them like every three days or something you like that. Your shit, Fuck no, I never yeah. washed it. Um, if I was a drill sergeant during COVID, I'd have made everybody wear pro masks. Dude, it got it got stupid. Um, so yeah, it was it was weird, man. It was a weird time to go through basic. It was a weird time to have like a, a CID investigation. All right, uh, so let's get into the CID. Give me your empties. They're not quite empty yet. Both of them? You're gonna mix it? It's like a swallow in this one. A third? Yeah. Sir, you got it. All right, let's talk about your criminal investigation. My 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 uh, mine that happened in Bulgaria. Yeah. Oh man, I never had one. <laughs> so, ah, shit. I don't even know if it got closed. It, it had to be closed by now. I mean, they I let, they, they gave you your DD two fourteen, so it's not like they can really do much. Yeah. Well, so. I, all right, man. This is what happened. So. <laughs> So there I was. So, so no shit, there I was, right? <laughs> what happened... What had happened was... Was we were getting ready to go out to do some kind of some kind of field problem. It was either... I can't remember if it was the start of gunnery or if it was um, like a, a platoon live fire where we were supposed to... I think it was company. It might have been company live fire. I don't know. It was something where we were working with the Bulgarians, though. And we were letting them essentially run our formation, tell us like how they wanted us to assault the objective. We were playing by their rules. I remember that. And what happened was my drill sergeant, uh, or my drill sergeant, my, my platoon sergeant, uh, pretty much just told us like, hey, be down at the motor pool at this time. Uh, ammo guys are gonna show up and make sure like we, we distro all the ammo between all the different brats. All right, roger that. We showed up in the motor pool. We got there. The ammo guy showed up. And all of the the higher-ranking guys weren't around. They were, like, drawing weapons and doing things at the, the arms room. So I was the highest-ranked person in the motor pool at the time. Lucky so, you. So I got to sign for all the ammo. So I, I checked everything, made sure, yep, I took pictures of what, what I drew out, right? 
signed the paper, I got my copy of the receipt, and I just destroyed all the ammo between my platoon. So fast forward to where we got finished, we came to check everything in, and um, the the arms room was open, and I went to go return my, my 240, turn in my Bolton track for the Brad, turn in my M4, my, uh, my M17, all my weapons and shit, right? I was up there doing all that, and when I got back down uh, to the motor pool, all the ammo was already gone. So I was like, oh, okay, like, I, I asked uh, one of my guys, I was like, hey, uh, did, did everyone already take the ammo? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, the ammo guy came by, and um, PSG was over there talking to him. So I was like, okay, my platoon's already handled it. Cool. Some random dude. In a I don't truck. gotta worry about it. <laughs> I don't gotta worry about it. And then uh, we're down at the, uh, we're down at the motor pool like a week or two later. And then my platoon sergeant calls me and he goes, "Hey, uh, there's there's some guy that you have to go talk to like down at the the MP station." I was like, "What the fuck?" And so I'm trying to figure out like what happened. Like I didn't do shit. Like, yeah. What the fuck. So I go in there and it's some guy wearing civilian clothes with boots on. And he was like, uh, he was, and like I was standing there, and he goes, Special Schwabe. I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm the one that needs to talk to you. Come over here with me. And he, when I tell you, bro, he literally brought me into a fucking closet. It was a room that was like a closet. Like, it was, it had a small desk, like this, like how far me and you are, but like w- as wide as we are as well. Like, that's <laughs> it. It was a door that like opened halfway into the room. Like, that's how small it was. And we sat down at this table, and there was nothing in it, just a desk and two chairs. That was it. And so he's like, uh, have a seat in here for me. I'll be, I'll be right back with you. And I'm like, okay. So I go in this room, and I'm like, dude, this is a fucking interrogation room. I'm like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> so he comes back in, sits down with me, and he was like, he's like, okay. And he's, he's got the whole thing where like he's not showing me his paperwork, you know? And he's like looking at it this way. And he was like, so tell me about, uh, tell me about this date. And I'm like, buddy, like, I don't know what I did yesterday. Yeah. Like, I don't know what fucking day it is. Yeah. You got to be more specific. And he goes, okay, so basically what he told me was, did you sign out this ammunition on this day? And I was trying to think about it. Like, I don't ever sign out ammo. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I did one day. Like, one fucking day I did. And he goes, is this your signature? And shows me the paper, like a copy of it. And I was like, yeah. And so he asked me what happened, like, from, like, the minute you signed for the ammunition, what did you do with it? And I was like, I, I took it uh, to like my load, and I told the the guys below me, hey, we need to distribute X amount of rounds of 7.62, X amount of AP, X amount of HE to all the brats. And I said, so we split it up amongst them, and we brought it to them. And so he goes, what happened when you uh, when you came to turn it in? And I said, I don't know. I mean, like. I wasn't there. I was I was at the arms room turning in my weapons. And he goes, but this is your signature. And I said, yeah, that is my signature. And so now I'm thinking like, oh, someone, someone faked my signature on the return sl- uh, slip. And then basically what happened was he found out that he was looking at the wrong paper. So he knew I checked it out, but my platoons aren't checked it in. Mm. So long story short, what happened was they found like 400 rounds of linked 7.62 lane in a ditch <laughs> just outside the motor pool. And I go, yeah, dude, I don't know anything about that. And so he goes, well, whose signature is, th- or whose name is this? And it was my platoon sergeant. And I was like, that's my, my PSGs. And he goes, I need you to get on the phone right now and call him. I was like, okay. So I called my platoon sergeant. I was like, hey, sergeant, they, they want to talk to you now. 
And so he was like, fuck, all right, whatever. He went down and he was in and out in like 20 minutes, like done. I was there for like an hour. Like half of it was just waiting for this dickhead to come in the room yeah. with his paperwork. And I guess what happened was someone who, I don't know who, uh, when we were getting ready to turn in the ammo or after ammo got turned in, they found found three to 400 rounds of 7.62 linked in their ammo can that they had just pulled out of the, the, the coax mm -hmm. and just left it in the ammo can. And then when we were doing our checks and cleaning everything out, they found it and it was a Chuck and Barry situation. They didn't bury it very and well. And they sent their fucking driver off to go oh. get rid of it, a, a private, you know. So he didn't dispose of it correctly. So the gardeners that were Bulgarian were out there weed whacking the fucking the edge of the, the ditch and they saw it laying there and called the MPs over. Wow. So it was a it was a weird situation to begin with. Um, so ultimately it was nothing criminal. It was no, just, it was just they they said choice. that it was it was it was uh what what did they call they they said the charges. Yeah it was like um wow fuck what'd they say? Uh uh Destruction of government property and something else, like a, a, a theft of government property or some shit like that. And it was like a total, it was like three or 400 rounds of, of 308 linked. So it was like, they said the total was like 600 some dollars or something like that of, of government property. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. All I did was sign for the ammo and I distributed it between the vehicles. That's all I know. So that was my CID case. Well, first of all, if you've ever spent a day in the military, you know that the military loads their own rounds at like two cents a round. So, Lake City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, most of the time it's unreliable anyway. So out of that three or 400 rounds, maybe a tenth of them work. Uh, yeah. But. Like I said before, if you join the army to be CID or an MP, you're not cool. Yeah, the the whole ammo deal is, dude. We not waste. I won't say waste, but we it's use. It's called spendex. We use so many goddamn rounds, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, we have an ammo shortage. Okay, so what does the ammo shortage consist of? Well, for gunnery, you have, what is it, 10, 10 tables per, per round, right? Mm -hmm. So you have um, table one through six. Table six is the one that matters. That's like the graded one. And for each, for each iteration, uh, I think it was five rounds or six rounds per target for every round one through six. <laughs> so instead of having like a, a way over abundance that we're used to. You had just enough. Like we had just enough to make it through and we made it work. Um, before I let, before I left the 25th ID, I set the division record for the dismounted 240 portion. Did you? No shit. Jumped out of the striker, threw that bitch on the ground. My AG was already there loading by the time I got there, and I... Oh, so you guys were fucking synced up. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, he was my AG for 
want to say like seven months. Oh yeah, so you guys were working together for a while. Yeah. So you knew the you guys had a vibe and yeah, dude. It's a, we it's went a, through Jungle Warfare together. We went through a few other schools together, and we were just waiting on our orders to leave Twenty Fourth ID together. Like yeah. we were battle booze essentially, you know. Yeah. Um, but like I didn't even have to like second guess any decision he made. Right. Right. It's it's dude. It's a sexy thing when it you is. when you have. When you and like your your right hand person that you work day in and day out with, when you guys have a vibe and like a yeah. thing, it's fucking sexy. Like I had a new LT that never been mounted before, never had experience with Brad's, and I was like this the seasoned senior specialist mm-hmm. at the time that was a gunner, and he was like, I want you to teach me everything. Yeah. I don't know shit about this. Like I'm your student right now. And that's where he was like really fucking cool is like the rank thing never came into it. It wasn't, yeah. this is my track. This is how we're going to do shit. He said, this is your track. You're the gunner. You tell me what you need me to do yeah. to make your job easier. We had, we had a very strict rule on if you're in a vehicle, your rank goes out the window. Absolutely. The guys that know that vehicle or the subject matter experts of that vehicle, those are the guys in charge. Yep. And that's, that's how it was. Like, it was really cool to see that, like, that separation, you know, yeah. like, turret talk is 100% a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, once that door shut in the turret and it was just me and LT, it was, it was no more sir, yes sir, no sir, like, yeah. uh, roger that, whatever it was. Dude, it, it just, we clicked. Yeah. For some weird reason. Even though he had, like, no time in the turret up until we became a crew, it just, it worked. And it was it was sexy to see because table one through five we shit the bed. It was our first time like actually running lanes together as a crew and like getting our shit together. Yeah. One through five was just like our trial run up, and then for some fucking reason table six it just clicked. Everything clicked yeah. and it it flowed perfectly. And I don't know what caused it, like why why it happened. But well, this, I mean it, it's it's one of those things. It's like you. You can go through a shoot house and training a thousand times mm-hmm. and and fuck up a thousand times, but the minute that it's real... That's the one that matters. Nobody messes up because everybody has... Even if it's not like present, it's in the back of the mind. I think Every, they feel the weight of it, yeah, you know, the severity yeah. of the situation. It's, it's just like, you know, when you're clearing rooms, everybody, oh, the... the the first guy in has the right of way to go whichever direction he wants. Yeah, point man's never wrong. You know? Um, <laughs> but it's like at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. So the first guy is the first guy in. He can go whichever way he wants. But if that second guy doesn't trust that first guy or doesn't know that first guy well enough to know which way he's going to go without even talking to him, yeah, everybody else is dead. It, it, it fucks up the whole the you're, whole. Yeah, you're line. one and two guys. Everybody else on the team could be brand new. But you're one and two have to be synced 100% and solid yeah I, I, I agree um, it was it was just weird man like uh, my whole thing going into that gunnery in Bulgaria was we just want to qualify yeah like we just want to qualify not Q2 um, let's just get the shit over with just get it done exactly yeah. dude like let's just get the fuck out of the field go back to our, our barracks gunnery is the absolute worst thing in the military <laughs> It's uh, so for people that don't know, gunnery is for us being a Bradley crew, 
it's where you go out with your, your vehicle. It's a three-man crew. You have a driver, a gunner, and a, a VC, which is the commander of that vehicle, who's usually uh, E5 and above for enlisted or is a lieutenant uh, or captain if it's the CO's track. Um, because we were a Bradley company, even the, the commander that was a captain and our first arm, like, not our first arm, but like our captain, all of our, our XO, um, our LTs, platoon sergeants, everyone was on a track, minus first arm. First arm was on a 113, which was the rolling CCP. What? He was the rolling CCP guy. Our, our first arm was. The only thing we used 1134 was medic. Yeah, our medics had him as well, but like our, our first arm would roll around in the 113, like in training uh, scenarios. He'd be the rolling CCP with a 50, and his gunner would be some HHC kid that uh, would be rocking the 50. Um, so basically, though, what you do in gunnery is you're in your, your vehicle with your crew, and you they, they set up a lane. So there's a, a left side lane and a right side lane. Two tracks go at the same time, and what they do is you'll, you'll go one at a time. So like uh, the left side will go up first, and you'll go to your first BP, your first battle position, and they'll they'll pop certain targets, whether it's vehicles, it could be uh, armored vehicle, an unarmored vehicle, or light armored vehicle, or troops. And they'll pop sometimes one, sometimes it'll be multiples. They'll engage their, uh, their set of targets, and then they'll sit and wait. And then the right side will go, and they'll do the same thing. Well, and you'll go up, and then continue to go forward. And without giving up, without giving up the commands, you also have a series of commands like a yes. script. There's fire commands, and if you deviate from that script, you're docked. They knock you points. Yep. You know, it, it's as simple as like you're in the moment and you don't have time to remember word for word. So you're hoping that the OC that's with you is cool enough to realize like, all right, these dudes know what they're talking about. I can kind of like translate what they're trying to say to each other. So they did ours. Um, the way they did ours, we hot mic'd the oh, whole really? time the, the, for the engagements. Yeah, so um, the the master gunner, who a master gunner is um, someone that went to a school that learned how to run ranges, and they can they're pretty much armors. Like they know how to work on the two four two. They know how to work on um, all the guns. They're subject systems. matter experts on everything, and 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 ranges especially. Like they're the ones that set up the targets. Um, they they figure out which ones they're going to pop at what ranges for certain engagements. They they essentially build the criteria to build the gunnery. Um, they they build the gunnery from the ground up. Um, so the the master gunner Mike Golf was sitting in the the tower with all of the the graders. Mm. So all the graders that grade you on your performance were sitting in there with a, a, a speaker turned on, and they can you're hot miking the whole time that you're starting your run. Oh wow! So as soon as they tell you. Um, do your mic check or whatever you you they you turn it on to where uh, there's a switch that you flip and it, it hot mic so everything and anything that you guys say during that engagement is broadcast to them and is recorded and then at the same time they're videotaping from the outside your vehicle as well as the target set and they're relaying the information on how long it took you so the criteria is for for engagement is like Let's say uh, they pop a target, right? And you're in defilade, which is means like you're in hiding. You're you're hiding to where you can't really be seen. A target pops up. You want to pull up out of defilade, engage that target, and then the, the target goes down. You pull back into defilade, and so they 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 knock you for if the target pops 
and you don't see it. So like you're scanning because it's not just straight on. You're scanning left and right the whole time trying to find this target. Let's say it takes you a couple seconds to find that target before you engage it. And when you start engaging it, you miss a couple rounds and like the shit's going all over the place. And then you finally kill it. Or if you don't kill it in time, it'll fall down on its own, like meaning you, you took too much time. And then it takes you a while to pull back in definitely. Those are all negative hits. Like you want to keep staying in definitely for as long as possible. As you see it going up, if you see it right away, you call it out. There's a certain fire command sequence that you have to follow. You pull up, you engage that fucking target, whatever it is. And then as soon as you know that you killed it, it starts to fall down. You go back into definitely and hide again. That's how you maximize your points. So everything can get knocked from five points to 20 points. And each engagement's worth 100 points. The last time I was on mech, my driver was fucking pimp at calling out targets, bro. Dude, my, my driver was the shit. Fucking Goodson, I love you, dude. You're, you're fucking, you're my guy, you know that. Goodson, dude, like, not just me and LT, but like, my driver, the three of us, it was a trifecta. We were just synced yeah. on table that one table six in Bulgaria, dude. You have, you, it went, you have to trust your bro, driver no matter what. Bro, I, w- I remember I was I was scanning, right? And like I found I found a, a it was a PC that was out at like 1800 and I fucking I locked it up, got my range, did our fire sequence and like by the time my LT was finishing his statement, he was already pulling up. Like he he was on point. Like I I taught this dude how I drove and he he mastered it. Like I I showed him all the different hit points of like cuz I started out as a driver of like when you're when you're in deflate right and you know you're just waiting for the fire command sequence to pull forward i'd have that bitch in low foot on the brake and my other foot hovering on the gas yep so as soon as i would hear the the beginning statement of the last part that the lt has to say before you pull up i would fucking drop off the 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 brake floor it and i'm pulling up and i'm back on the brake as soon as we get to the top and i hear my gunner starting to engage i'm putting it in reverse and i'm waiting for that fire command sequence of that they're done firing to pull back and deflate. Yep. So it's that taking shaving those few seconds here and there make I, a big difference. I used to tell my driver, count my rounds. As soon as you as soon as you count ten, hit the gas pedal in the reverse and I'll stop fire. Cause I'll know. Cause I know how as a gunner, you know how many rounds you have, how many rounds you're supposed to shoot, how many rounds you have to hold. How many for you're next... allotted for each right. target, yeah. Right. So I told my driver, like, look, dude. I was like, I'll, I'll say his name. It, it was Johnny Morris. I was like, look, dude, as soon as you count nine rounds, start pulling back. So when my tenth round goes off, I know, all right, we're moving, boom. Yeah. You know, but this dude, he wouldn't even use his fishbowl. This motherfucker would drop his nods down, pop his hatch to the first fucking opening. The first click, And yeah. he would see the, the chem lights. That's gnarly, dude. He's just, that 25 going off right next to your fucking head. No fucks. Like, that's, yeah, that's different. Um, so Goodson was really good, man. He would he would count rounds without me asking him, and he would count time as well. He would keep time. Oh, wow. So, like, from the time we came out of Defilade, he'd, he'd say five seconds, ten seconds. Okay. Fifteen seconds. Whatever it was, he would count time. So he was doing he was doing the most. Um, I'll tell you the hardest gunner I ever did was at Fort Irwin. Oh, at uh, were you at an NTC? At NTC, yeah. The hardest gunner. You did a I've gunnery ever. during NTC. And strikers. That's weird, bro. We were we were just in the box. I was there for, for thirty days. I was there for seventy five days. Holy shit. We had fifteen days to do gunnery, 
and then we did two box rotations back to back. God damn. Yeah. They fucking hated you guys. Dude. They One thought box we, rotation sucks. Well, they thought we were getting ready to go into Syria. And this, this was before. Fourth ID, right? This was 25th. Okay. Because Fourth ID picked up uh, Syria for a while. Well, this was before I made it past conventional military stuff. Gotcha. The <laughs> When I say the hardest gunnery that I've ever done was an NTC. I can imagine. Because not only are you at an elevated range, mm-hmm. so all of your deflates are already elevated, but when you go into your, your firing position, you're, you're, you're like T&E's non-existent. Yeah, you're like way at the top of the yeah. target, barely. I was doing one of these numbers, hoping to walk my rounds on. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's that normal. was brutal. And then they're like, okay, well, you pass gunnery this. Now we need to put you on a crow system. I was like, new what? Shit. That's that new shit. I was like, are you, are, you, are you kidding me right now? So the crow system came out when you were still in? Yeah. So the crazy thing is, is the, the crow systems, we knew about them, but no one had really like messed with them. Oh, I've got, a, the full, I've got a full on like 80 hour certificate. So I had, I had a section leader that came from Strikers. He, he's, he was at Carson for a while and he was with um, another brigade before he came to our brigade, which was all Strikers. And I think that was his first, first unit. He was a staff sergeant, and I think he spent his entire time at Fort Carson. Well, my think my first experience was at Carson with him on the Matt V's. Yeah, he, he did them on Strikers, and then uh, he came over to the Brads, and he was telling us because like when we were the rumor mill started going about us transitioning to Strikers from Brads, he started talking about like the Crow systems and like the the different options for the weapon systems that they had. Um, cool fucking systems from oh, the sounds great, of it. Like, great system no, when, there's work, no, when they work. Yeah, like he said they were they were finicky, but like it lowers the the chance of like, you know, a gunner getting yeah, hit. Except for when you have to reload or if there's a malfunction and you have to go on top of the fucking vehicle. Right. And that's the thing that I liked about the Brad was everything was internal. Internal, yeah. In the in the turret. Like if you can't fix the malfunction inside the, the turret with the 242, it's something that you fucked up yep. when you were loading in. Something that you didn't follow one of your procedures, you didn't you didn't follow your pre-fire com- checklist. Something happened where you fucked up. Dude, I got into a firefight in my first deployment in Bradley. I lost all power in my turret. Oh no. I not only did I have to manually gun manually not bitch. only did I have to gun manually, I had to turn my turret manually. Yeah. We had a, my first gunner when I was a driver still during NTC, the entire time we were in the box, we had no turret power. And this was no drive power. So he, we were, we were in the box fighting the, the enemy, right? And he was manually cranking this shit the whole time. Dude, I'm in Sauter City. Dude. And we, after everything was done and they did the, the investigation on the engagement and stuff, they found out that the refrigeration system that they put instead of the bustle racks yeah. was what caused the fucking power failure. Really? Yeah. That's that's strange. Something just crossed in the wire. Something didn't work right, yeah. But I'm sitting there with a socket wrench, like, looking through my freaking thing. <laughs> that was, that sucked. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, man, it was, it was weird, dude. Um, yeah. Shout out Kaiser, man. You had a you had a hell of a job out there, dude. That was that was tough. Um, dude's forearms were fucking burnt <laughs> every day, dude. Every Looked like day. Popeye. His forearms were smoked, bro, and I felt bad for him, but he he still he still did a great job. Dude, we killed a fucking tank during NTC. Really? With the Brad, yeah. So we took Razish, 
the okay. main city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I was on I was on like twenty eight or thirty hours of no sleep, and I just finished doing my my after PMCS like once we took Razish. Bro, I caught this bitch airborne. I got the Brad. I jumped the Brad. So we, we were hauling ass through the breach in Razish, flooring it right. I'm just punched like. The sun was right in my periscopes too, so I couldn't see shit. And I told my BC at the time, my squad leader or my section leader, I was like, I was like, hey, son, I can't see dick. I was like, if if I'm gonna hit something, you gotta tell me because I can't see shit. Yeah. He's like, I fuck, I got you, I got you. Keep going, keep going. And I just held that bitch to the floor, I'm driving <laughs> blind, bro. I'm driving a, a fucking, uh, what is it, a 32 ton or 72 ton, whatever 72, the fuck it is, yeah. vehicle blind, just barreling through the desert with a full squatted dismounts in the back and we're blowing through this desert right because like we're, we're actively taking fire and being engaged and shit and we're going to towards the breach which is the entrance to the city and then i'm just fucking mobbing bomb and then out of nowhere i just get this like this suck down feeling where the i bottom down my yeah. seat and then i went up and i remember smacking my head on the the, oh. the hatch and my head went sideways and i went oh shit this is <laughs> and i heard the engine bomb 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 Boom! That motherfucker hit nice. the ground so hard, and we kept going. And uh, I remember like lifting my foot off the gas, and my section leader was like, "Keep going!" Like, yeah, like the wind knocked out of him. I guess he smoked his chest. Oh yeah, like his sternum. Oh the, yeah, the that that, the that whole name name tape definitely shit. Oh, Don't fucking god, fly. bro. He got bro. They both got fucked up. And yeah, we just kept going, and um, when we when we finally like settled in, he told me he was like. Dude, there was like one of those. So you know where like those weird, um, like uh, the, those bushes like grow out of the desert and they they build like berms mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. I hit one of those motherfuckers oh, full speed. Dude, backside of Whale Mountain. It's the the night live fire course before you, you're allowed in the box. Yeah, we're hitting that bitch in strikers, just fucking full board. <laughs> My buddy in third platoon. Me and him are boys, even to this day. Shout out Johnson. He's a New Orleans or somewhere in Louisiana fucking uh, detective. Oh, shit. But (laughs) our guns are talking. 50s just... Sexy shit, yeah. Dude, we get a call. All stop, all stop, all stop. Drivers hit the brakes. Hey, whatever their call sign was at the time. Vehicle immobile. We're going to have QRF come up and secure the site and we'll continue on. Cool, got it, Roger. We're still engaging targets. The next morning, after everything's said and done, we find out that not only did the striker hit a wadi, oh shit, and it's vertical, nose of the striker in the ground, ass of the striker straight up in the air because they didn't see the wadi. Yeah, dude, they fucking come out of nowhere, bro. You know, but we also at NTC. Yeah, yeah. So we also find out that me and Johnson are hitting targets with. Accuracy at twelve hundred meters with the fifties, mm-hmm. dark, no pass thirteens, no pass thirteens. Like we're supposed to have those little fucking like glass things for the pass thirteens and stuff. Nothing. Yeah. We're we're just going off tracer fire and where the chem lights are popping up every once in a while. Right. We hit. Well, I think it was like thirty six out of forty targets at like twelve hundred plus. We got, we got, um, we got, uh, AA, we got put in for AAMs and something else because of that. Damn. Me and him, at, at like, it, and it was a, it was a company 
mission. But me and him were the only two gunners that were hitting targets. Fuck, man. Yeah. Um, dude, so how we took out this tank was we, we just settled in. Like, I found out about us jumping the Brad, and I was like, holy shit. PMCS, my Brad, like, everything was good, surprisingly. Um, even all the dismounts. But when we were pulling in, uh, the, the OCs came up, and they were, like, uh, fucking yelling at my BC, and I couldn't see shit. Like, I got my hatch down right. And my VC's like, hey, go ahead, drop, 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 uh, drop ramp. I'm like, the fuck? Like, all right. <laughs> so he's like, index, like, go ahead, pop your hatch, like, get out. I was like, oh shit, like, something happened. So I drop ramp, all the dismounts get out, and he starts handing out casualty cards. Oh, shit. He's handing them out. He's like, hey, uh, the, the engineers never came through and cleared this minefield. You guys just ran over a mine. We're like, oh, sick, all right. So they, they killed like three of the dismounts. Uh, and then um, my gunner, at the time had like a broken arm or something, right? So all these dudes have casualties except for me and the, the BC. So my, my section leader climbs out and he goes, what about us? And he goes, you guys are good. We're like, well shit, what do we do now? We're, we're dismounted, vehicle's broken. So they, they take all the, the casualties to the, the CCP, uh, casualty collection point. And that's where like uh, first aid starts getting rendered and stuff like that happens, right? Now, when... You're a JRTC or MTC, and you're a casualty. They take you to the CCP, and these medics are doing, like, real-world medical treatment on you, aside from, like, poking you with needles and stuff. Yeah. But they're talking through your wound or whatever as if it's real life, and they're going through the motions. Like, it's no joke. So, so NTC and JRTC is a mock deployment. It's Everything is, like, as real as possible without actual friendly fire, right? Um, so yeah, they, they pull all those dudes off. Now it's me and my VC and we're trying to figure out what do we do now? My VC came from 82nd and he goes, Oh, we're going on foot. Yeah. yeah we're walking. So he goes, he goes, uh, grab your fucking M4. So I grab, I grab my M4. We put on our body armor, our helmet and shit. Now we're, we're dismounts, which, Hey dude, we're, we're fucking infantrymen at the end of the day. Yep. That's what we're supposed to do. All right, cool. So we start running into the city and we find the CCP point and they have all the weapons for the casualties. And I look down, I see a saw. And I looked at my, my, my section leader and I was like, can I take that? And he goes, fucking A, right? Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. I put my M4 down, grab the saw, because like, we need a belt-fed weapon. Yep. We're our own squad at this yeah. point. We're two dudes and we need we need something. Machine gun makes a third. Hey, man. So I picked that bitch up and now we're running through Razish and <laughs> we end up linking up with like uh, one of our, our other platoons. Like We found some of their dismounts and they were already fighting in the city. And we were like, hey, where do you need us? Uh, and my, my section leader grabbed a, grabbed the radio out of the Brad, like took it out of the cradle. Like the man pad? Dude, he took he took the actual fucking wow. hair, the, the Harris out. Oh, you guys have Harris. Okay. Threw the antenna on it, and he was cradling this bitch like a football, <laughs> running through the city, like holding onto this radio and, and the bone phone. Oh, wow. And he's just calling in comms, trying to figure out where our link up is, like so what's we, going on. We still had PRCs, the man packs. We would take them out of the bag, slide them into the the rack. Yeah, that, I'm sorry, that's what it was. It was it was the actual Brad radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he pulled that bitch out, <laughs> fucking screwed an antenna into it, had the whip up, and a bone phone, and he was just running around with that thing, like trying to get comms. Ended up getting in contact with our platoon sergeant. Platoon sergeant told us where he was. They were holed up in this building, and we were like. We were essentially getting ready for the, the counteroffensive, like the counterattack, right? So he's like, hey, come link up with us over here, like make your way over here and we'll fucking get set up. So we run into this building, get set up. I put the fucking saw up on the wall 
And um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. I'm about to rock a fucking saw. Like, <laughs> this is going to be a good time. Saw? And, saw a great weapon. 240? See, everyone's uh, – when I was in, everyone said the opposite. The 240 was way more reliable. But it's just because, like, the saws we had were so old that, like, they were kind of shit. Did you guys, like, have, like, the para- did you guys have, like, the paratrooper mods to them where they had the telescoping stock and all that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the telescoping stock, and then a couple of them had, like, the real short barrel. That's where you fucked up. And they you gotta, were, you gotta they keep were the easier to carry. You gotta keep the long barrel. On but the they, uh, the one that I had at the time, it was, um, it, it had the long barrel, and it had the uh, L-can on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I was pumped, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to rock this bitch. And then no counteroffensive came. So I didn't even get to shoot the saw, which I was pissed about, because I lugged this big bitch around for a minute. Didn't get to shoot it, uh, and then everything winded down. We were in security positions, uh, so I put the saw on the point, let the saw gunner take it back after the casualties came back. And I just now finally got to lay down. Like My squad leader yelled at me to go sleep. So I went down, laid down. Ten minutes into sleeping, like I just closed my eyes. He's shaking me awake. He's like, there's a fucking tank in the city. Oh, shit. I was like, what? How the <laughs> fuck did a goddamn tank get through the city when we got – we have uh, – we have um, fucking, like, the whole city is surrounded with our security element. Not only that, but, like, on all the major, in- like, entrance routes, we had um, uh, jab teams. So I'm like, how the fuck did a tank get in here? And he's like, I don't know, but there's a tank in here. If you're an OC at NTC and you tell guys, hey, this is an oceanal tank and we need to bring it in for a mission, fuck you. Dude, I, I don't know how it happened. And he, I was like, where's Kaiser, our gunner? And he was like, he's still at the, the he's at roll two. He's not oh, even shit. here. So I was like, all right, what do you want to do? And he goes, get in the fucking driver's seat. And I was like, all right, <laughs> roger that. And I hop in the driver's seat. Like I literally slid out of my sleeping bag and jumped in my brad and took off through the city. Now my, my VC's got his helmet on. He's talking to me and he's on the gunner side though, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Man, mind you, our shit's manual crank still. So... I bust this right onto one of the main roads. Sure shit, there's a fucking tank <laughs> right there in front of us, 100 meters away. And so he starts engaging this fucking tank manually, right? You hear it, like with our, um, the, uh, what's that system called that we use? The, miles, miles gear. Yeah, yeah. Miles gear's going off. We're firing rounds, right? And there's an OC standing at the corner, like 10 meters in front of us. And I see him through my periscopes. He like looks at us looks down the road, looks back at us, and then he goes, oh shit, like you can see, like it clicks in his mind, and he gets on his phone, and he starts calling someone. And uh, this fucking tank comes hauling ass past us, blows right by us, and my, my VC starts yelling at the OC, he's like, hey, I fucking killed that tank, I fucking shot, I put like 40 rounds of AP in him, da 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 And so he was like, okay, 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 hold on, relax, and he pulls out the God gun and fucking oh. kills the tank. The God gun. The God gun. It's a little fucking blue pistol. The blue laser. pistol of death. And he shoots the the tank, and because uh, these dudes are rolling around with MRE bags mm-hmm. over their sensors and chapstick, <laughs> dude. Bro, we caught so many dudes that were at NTC with chapstick on their sensors. It was so bad, bro. Like there was a lot of shit that happened that 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 rotation for that shit. But we caught a fucking little bird gunner with chapstick on his sensor, like. I probably put 150, 50 cal rounds into this little bird. Jesus Christ. And not a single fucking thing went off. 
And yeah, I, it's I got, frustrating. I got yeah. out of my track, and I told the fucking OC if he didn't go up there and pull that those guys down, I was gonna do it myself. <laughs> it was. It's frustrating. And I man. was like an E three at the time. Yeah, I was. I think I was. I maybe was in maybe a PFC at the time. Maybe E three, possibly yeah. still PV two at the time. I went through NTC. Yeah. Um, I yeah, will, dude. It was. I will say the funniest shit I've ever seen at NTC. I don't remember the kid's name. God bless his soul. This dude put a freaking javelin tube on the clue backwards. I don't even know how that's possible, but he did it. So he locked on and fired, and that shit registered as in like two inches behind his ass crack. Oh, yeah, he fucked everyone. Oh, dude. You guys are all dead. Yeah. I mean, it was the greatest 12 hours of like that period of time, but... Dude, it was it was gnarly. So OC ended up scoring the kill for us, like nice. gave us the kill. So we got the only uh, fucking tank kill tank in kill. Razish, nice. <laughs> which I don't know if it's ever happened before. We took so we took Razish in the last time I was at NTC. It was still force on force. Yeah, it was. It was. We it didn't was, have cities. The only time we went into cities was for KLEs. So we we only went into we took like one smaller city that was like a shanty town mm-hmm. type thing, but Razish was like the big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Bagram, where all the where highways like, inter- interact. Yeah, it was like main roads. They had a mosque. They yeah. had like a supermarket. They had they, all the, the shit. It's at the gas station at the bottom of the mountain. Dude, and they they uh, the 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 um the op four actually were playing off of like the the rules of engagement like. They were set up like in the mosque, like Lucky shooting at us, and they knew we couldn't return fire. So yeah, we yeah. ended up eventually pushing them out of the mosque, and we took it over. And then we set up like on the walls and shit of the mosque, um, outside. Like we weren't shooting from inside, but we were shooting from outside or like engaging from there. Um, but yeah, the uh, they ended up scoring the tank kill for us, and then uh, my boy Mandu, shout out uh, Staff Sergeant Mandu. He uh, he fucking killed a, a, a hind. Nice. They had a they had a helicopter flying around like doing gun runs and shit, mm-hmm. and we were like set up like trying to figure out where our next move was outside the city, and this dude started coming by and my fucking my boy Mandy started engaging him with the twenty five. Did they, they still have they like the chocolate chip tiger stripe? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it was a uh, it was an old school like I don't even know what type of helicopter. Maybe maybe it was a. Uh, it was probably a tiger or something. Yeah, it was it was some kind of weird fucking yeah. helicopter though. And um, yeah, he fucking killed it. He got a he got a helicopter kill, which was tight. We had I got I got doomed real bad. Um, it was a JRTC, not MTC, but I cleared a fucking building with a 240. Oh hell yeah! The OC was like, "How the fuck are you gonna clear a building with a 240?" I'm like, "Like this, watch." Fucking swing that bitch. My my team leader at the time kicked the door. We breached, went in. Like, no shit, had it up to my shoulder as if it was a rifle. Fucking and we cleared man, room to room to room. Yeah. And then I turned around, got in the prone right behind the main door, probably like six feet in the door. I had my, my field of fire. And the OC was so pissed off about it, he killed me on the spot. Damn. Yeah, I, we never we never had a dude breach with a 240. Uh, like dude, we weren't supposed to. Shit. We weren't supposed to, but that everybody else died. But then again, yeah, like if shit goes down, like you don't you don't have a choice. It they did. It they is. did it. So they did a tactical call out. We had no response from the house, and all of a sudden we started taking fire from behind us, and it just happened that I was on the proper side of the striker that I had full cover when they did the tactical call out. Um, 
me and my team leader took off. I grabbed the 240 on my way because I was like, if we're if we're going down, we're going down and fighting. Yeah. You know. And have the, the most casualty producing weapon. Threw my M4 on my back. I'm carrying the 240 by the carry handle, and, and he's like, dude, we gotta hit this house. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And I don't. I think I only had like a belt of like a hundred rounds sticking out of the side, like no nut sack, no yeah. part jack, nothing. Pork chop, and I didn't have shit, you know. And we hit this house, and those OC just like, boop. I was like, are you kidding me right now? He's like, you proved me wrong. I'm pissed off at you. Damn. I was like, you're lucky you're an E6. <laughs> All our fucking OCs were OC, or, uh, E7s and above. <coughs> Dude, we had a, I'm not going to name this name, but my, uh, let's say it was it was a platoon sergeant. I won't say whose it was. He has a reputation of going to NTC and stealing OC flags off the vehicles <laughs> since uh, since he was lower enlisted, and I think this was his seventh time at NTC. Damn. And he was a platoon sergeant, and he God hates him. He uh, he once we got back to Ruba and we were in the fucking tent city, he took his LT out because his LT was getting ready to leave and go to another unit. Took his LT out on a field trip. So he had no fuck. And uh, they they took over a dozen OC flags. Shit. So I, I still have one. It's in my garage. He, nice. gave, he gave me one of them. Nice. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's it's a thing like stealing OC flags. So I would imagine gotta, it's kind of akin to stealing guidons. Yeah, I mean, you gotta like. Cause you gotta you gotta have some balls to fucking yeah, do it. Yeah, because like their four wheelers and their trucks are never left un- unattended. No, they were right outside of their their tent, and they they low crawled for like two hundred meters to get to these fucking these Humvees, and they took them. Um, yeah, so fucking you know who you are. Shout out to you, Big Sarn. Uh Fucking <laughs> giant balls. Giant <laughs> and to have balls. to have a commissioned officer do it with you. Fuck yeah. So but he was he the, the commissioned officer was prior enlisted. I was gonna say he either he's really good at saying, Look, sir, if you don't do this, I'm gonna fuck you up. No, or they, that officer knew his shit. They 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 complimented each other very okay. well. Like they were good friends. Alright. Uh, they they were in the same platoon together. Okay. And they uh, he was prior enlisted, the the, the the lieutenant was, and Ranger tabbed, like he was he was legit. Um yeah, I'm not going to name names on that one, but you guys know who you were. And dudes that were in my platoon and my company during NTC, you know who they were. That's right. Um, and with, with that, we've got two hours down. Holy I got shit. a crap load of editing to do, and we'll get this uploaded soon. Deuces. Cheers. <laughs>